a few months ago, a friend tagged me in a post requesting website professionals to be interviewed for a live show. Now, I responded back to the author and noted that my favorite thing to talk about in these opportunities was digital accessibility. I mean, I felt feel like nobody talks about it in the web design community, or it's very, very rare. He messaged back to politely say that they were more focused on more standard web design topics and uh, not something that niche. Niche? Making an accessible website for everyone to use is niche? Okay, I'm about to go on a rant today, so enjoy. But all web design should start with digital accessibility. You're listening to the Captain Coder Podcast. Each week, I take you through actionable strategies that can help you grow your online business. I'm your host, Marisa Van Skyver, aka Captain Coder. So when was the last time you thought about whether or not everyone could use your website? Now, I'm not talking about just on different devices like a phone or a laptop, but those who have different abilities. Visual and hearing impairments, even epilepsy and arthritis can change how someone interacts with the internet. Providing literally everyone a good experience is called digital accessibility. Now, there are a lot of things that can go into an accessible website, and that can get overwhelming for a lot of business owners, especially. When I hear people talking about accessibility anymore, I often hear them mention the potential ADA lawsuits they could face if the website wasn't accessible. But for me, the legal side of accessibility is only a small part of it. Most importantly, is providing a good experience for everyone. Selfishly, otherwise you're cutting off a potentially large section of your customer base. But let's be real, it's all about being inclusive and thinking about how we treat other people. Now, what made me think about all of this recently? Um, Because obviously that conversation with the other web professional happened a few months ago. Well, one, I am pretty much always thinking about accessibility and trying to learn more because, uh, believe me, I often feel like my own knowledge barely scratches the surface. But there was a big upset over the weekend at the Sundance Film Festival because of a lack of accessibility. Marley Matlin, the acclaimed deaf actress, she was just in the Oscar-winning film Coda, is one of the jurors for the festival this year. When trying to watch the new film, Magazine Dreams, she and the other jurors walked out because they failed to provide her with closed captioning for the film. Look, this is one of the people judging your movie and whether or not it wins awards, and you're not giving her the ability to watch it? Like, just the lack of understanding in this entire situation. Now, I've seen a lot of arguments that filmmakers feel that those burned-in captions, you know, the ones you see directly on the screen, will either ruin the experience or, you know, maybe they want to recut the movie too close to the event to have captions provided. Here's the thing. Whatever the excuse, they excluded someone from their movie and created a press whirlwind because they wanted to use a more discreet device that they gave Matlin that ended up not working. And they basically said, oh, well, too bad. Accessibility, digital and otherwise, 
isn't about avoiding lawsuits. It's about inclusivity. Okay, so what does this all have to do with website design? Well, simply everything. Had that filmmaker been thinking about accessibility from the beginning, they wouldn't have run into that issue and overshadowed the great reviews that the film got. It's the same thing with web design. There are a lot of elements within your design that can unintentionally exclude people from your content. While this is certainly not an inclusive list, because honestly, you can go down a rabbit hole with all of this, it is something that you can control even if you're using a DIY website tool. So let's go through just five simple things that you can be implementing today. So if you want to grab a notepad, if you want to pause this, we're at about five minutes into the podcast and come back when you can write these notes down or simply go to cappedcoder.com forward slash 29 and you'll be able to get the written version of all of this. Okay, so number one, be mindful of font color choices. One of the biggest mistakes I see on websites and even and especially on social media posts, is having a font that is too light to read on the background on which it resides. Think a light green on top of a pastel pink. You might think no one would do that, but I assure you, I've seen it recently. When you don't have a high enough contrast between the font color and the background it's on, Those with visual impairments and especially color blindness might not be able to even read your text. I have not the best eyesight. I have like a minus 3.5 in one eye and a minus 3.25 in the other eye. I struggle to read some of these things and I wear contacts. So keep that in mind. When you're choosing your color combinations in any design that you have, you need to first check them with a tool like WebAIM's free contrast checker and make sure that you get a literal green light. Otherwise, you got to go back to the drawing board and put in some new colors. Now, number two, and this one's a shorter one, don't just use color as a navigational tool. So speaking of color, you don't want to make important navigational links distinguishable distinguishable, say that five times fast, only by color. Not everyone will be able to see that distinction, and it can honestly just be difficult to understand even at the best of times. So what do you do instead? So this means like, you know, just highlighting a link and making it a different color than the rest of the text around it. Instead, focus on using styled buttons where possible to make internal links stand out and be super clear. Number three, (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm just imagining a couple of different clients listening to this later going, damn it. Okay, avoid a lot of animation. Anyone who's worked with me as a developer knows that I hate animation on websites. Selfishly, it is not fun to code, Um, even though my junior developer, Nicole, is the expert now and codes most of it, but she doesn't like coding it either. But it really just slows down your website, and honestly, it isn't great for user experience. But most importantly, it's often not accessible. 
Now, a bit ago, I caught an eye-opening discussion online from a young woman with epilepsy who was basically begging web designers and letting them know that animations can literally be triggering for her. This is something that hadn't even crossed my mind, not really, until I saw this discussion. And I saw a lot of really good back and forth um, talks of, okay, how can we make this better? Please explain this better to us. We want to get better, which was fantastic. It wasn't people just telling her, oh, that's too bad for you. So now while the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, or WCAG, say largely the animations that are not accessible have to last over five seconds. So things that could cause problems for people, they have to have to last over five seconds. And a lot of your animations are going to be like 0.2 seconds. So you think, oh, it's fine. There are plenty that last longer than you think. So think about your slideshows, your animated backgrounds, animating illustrations, all of those things, for instance. You have to provide a way for people to be able to pause, stop, or hide those animations. You may also need to avoid anything that flashes a lot. Think at least three times a second in order to stay compliant and prevent somebody with epilepsy issues. I know all of this sounds really technical, and especially if you're using a pre-built theme, you know, you've got Elementor, you're just adding extensions or whatever, you don't really have a ton of control over all of this. So what's the best way to avoid causing issues? Just keep your animations to a minimum. Keep them smooth but quick. And they need to actually add something to the design, like bringing attention to a block, not just because it looks fun. Or you could just have no animations at all and it will be accessible for everyone. I I can dream. All right, number four. We want to keep text out of images. Now, I see this a lot, especially with DIY websites. You can't figure out how to get the look you want with your theme builder, so you create a nice graphic in Canva and throw up that image. (laughs) Now, look, while that might solve your visual problem, um, it's going to cause a few that didn't need to happen. For one, Google doesn't give you any credit for that content because it's in an image that it cannot read. For two, those who are visually impaired and cannot read that text because a screen reader is actually reading the internet to them, like Google, that screen reader cannot read an image. If you absolutely must, and I have this in quotes because must is very, very, very rare, have text in an image. Okay, look, it's still a no-no. Don't do it, please. But I, I get it that it happens. Then make sure that you include what's written in the image within the alt tag. On WordPress, on Squarespace, on Wix, there is a way for you to edit what's called the alt tag, which basically is a way for you to describe what is in the image. This way, Google and screen readers are able to know and convey that information. Now, especially with screen readers, screen readers will literally read the alternative text tag to someone using a screen reader so they are not cut off from that information. It's still not a great experience, but it's certainly better than not doing it at all. And number five, please provide captions and transcripts for any audio or video content. 
Now, if you happen to go to my website at cappedcoder.com forward slash 29, and within this show notes, you're basically reading everything that I say in the podcast, because I don't totally read it as a script, but it's a translation more or less of what I say in the podcast. You can also get a podcast transcript through the RSS feeds because I upload those to Buzzsprout where I host my podcast. Any video that I create, whether it's on my website, YouTube, or even social media has closed captions in the video. That's because I know not everyone can hear my content, so I want to ensure they can still interact with it and get the benefit from it. Now, to do this, I use a really simple service called Rev.com, which is linked in today's show notes, so that you can go and just do an automated transcription for like 25 cents a minute, and it spits out timed captions of everything within your audio or your video clip. It is perfect. It creates a file that you can upload to YouTube, to Buzzsprout, to anywhere that you need to. It is amazing and relatively inexpensive. Now look, it's not just about ensuring that everyone can hear my content either. Captions help others to understand and process the information being presented better. And some of my readers may like reading the transcript along as they listen. You're basically just ensuring that you're providing various ways for people to interact with your content. Now look, being accessible digitally starts at the beginning. You can certainly make some of those tweaks after you've built a website or further down the road, but the best way to engage with your entire community and save a ton of time and money is to do this from the very beginning. It's one reason that we include accessibility planning within every website we build at Captain Coder. Before you plan out that website redo or post that next social media graphic, take a few minutes and make sure that it's accessible for everyone. Not only will you be more inclusive, but honestly, you're going to protect yourself legally. So if it's the selfish reason that gets you in there, that's fine. I just want you to start thinking accessibly. Thank you all for tuning in to our show this week. To catch more Captain Coder, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, if you have any questions or you want to learn more about digital marketing and how it can help grow your online business, follow us on Instagram at Captain Coder or visit us online at captcoder.com. Can't wait to talk to you all again next week.